0: you for listening to this message from life in the sun christian fellowship we hope you'll be inspired to honor god and make disciples merry christmas we're glad that you're here with us we bless all the young people christmas is a special time school is out the gifts are growing under the tree the excitement is growing yesterday we gave a whole bunch of gifts to kids whose parents are not able to be home this Christmas. And I just wanna repeat what Armin said. If you were one of the people who helped uh, provide gifts for the Angel Tree, uh, we wanna thank you very, very much. And if you happen to be here and you received one of those gifts from the Angel Tree, uh, please come up afterward. I would love to meet you and get to know you. Uh, Special thanks to Robin and Georgia, and, um, and Flora, thank you, and Anthony. They helped organize and distribute all the gifts to the kids. Let's give them a round of applause. Well, here we are. It's already the Sunday before Christmas. Can you believe it? In our home, we always read the Christmas story on Christmas Day. And today we'll read about the arrival of Jesus, but we're going to find it in a place that we don't normally think of. It's found in Galatians chapter 4. And before we read the text, I just want to recap what I covered in the first week of this series. We talked about how Jesus was born into this world. The phrase that's used in the Bible is he was born under the law. The idea is that he entered into the elementary spiritual forces of this world. In other words, he put himself in in the same condition that we are in. And this condition that we're in is we live in a world system that includes sin. And because of that, over time, little by little, we experience disappointments, we experience hurts. And little by little, it chips away at our capacity to be able to trust, or to be able to love, or to have hope. And so Jesus entered into this situation that we live in because he wanted to make a difference. And Paul begins to talk about it in Galatians chapter 4. And I'd, like that, I'd like to read that for you. Uh, we don't have the overhead today, so just just listen carefully. This is Galatians chapter four, uh, verses one to three. Paul says, "What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the su- until the time set by the father." So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. So we'll stop there for a moment. And what is Paul trying to say to us? Paul is making a comparison between slaves and heirs. Now notice, I didn't say contrast. I said comparison. Normally, we might... Assume that the heir and the slave are opposites. But in this case, they're the same. He said if the heir is under age, neither of them are free. Even the heir is subject to guardians and trustees. What they have in common is that neither of them are free to choose what they want to do. Paul is using this comparison to describe life before Jesus. He said, we are like slaves. Now think about it for a moment. A slave doesn't have a choice. A slave has no freedom to do what he or she wants to do. The Apostle Paul says that's a lot like us when it comes to sin. It's hard not to think of bad things. It's hard not to do bad things. It's like we didn't have a choice. It's like we were slaves to sin. But when Jesus arrives, everything changes. Now I pick up in verse 4. I'll read verses 4 through 7 of Galatians 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption of sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. And the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. For today, I want to focus on just one word. And that word is the word heir. What does it mean to be an heir? An heir is a son or daughter who has special access to the king like no one else. The heir is legally entitled to the property of another person. An heir is someone who inherits or who has the right of inheritance. In simplest terms, heirs have an inheritance. Paul is saying, through Jesus, you are an heir and you have an inheritance. Allow me to test your Bible knowledge. When it comes to your spiritual inheritance, what is the best chapter in the Bible to read? Yes, I heard Ephesians. Ephesians what chapter? Chapter 1. Great, you passed the test. (laughs) Ephesians 1 says, you have inherited every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, if you don't already know Spiritual blessings are way more important than physical blessings. There was a man who was paralyzed, and his friends took him to Jesus so that he could heal him. The crowd was so thick, they couldn't get him in the front door. And they got creative. In those days, homes in Israel, some of them had steps going up the back to the roof. And so they got him up to the top of the house, they actually dug a hole through the roof, and they let him down by ropes. Can you imagine being in this room and something like that is happening through the ceiling? Everybody would be like, What is the commotion? That was the whole center of attention at the moment. And so Jesus, seeing their faith, the man laying right there in the middle of the room, paralyzed, he says, Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders who were there at the moment, they were offended. They said, this guy blasphemes. Only God has the right to consider anyone forgiven. And Jesus, reading their thoughts, he says, why do you think evil in your hearts? He said, tell me, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or take up your mat and walk? He said, in order that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins, I tell you, take up your mat and walk. And the man got up and walked out with his mat. So he asked a question to the crowd. Which is easier? Your sins are forgiven? Or get up and walk? Well, from God's perspective, for sins to be forgiven, 2,000 years later, looking back, we know, that required God to enter human history. To undergo our experience, the Bible says in the Garden of Gethsemane, he took on the sin of all mankind. It was so traumatic, it almost killed him. The Bible says he sweat drops of blood. And then once the sin of mankind was placed on him, another spiritual law went into play, and within 24 hours, the Bible says the wages of sin is? Death. Death. And he had to be crucified on the cross. But then, Nobody would have ever guessed. Three days later, he overcame death and rose again. So, from God's perspective, which is easier? Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? It wouldn't have cost him anything to say get up and walk. But to forgive our sins, it cost him everything. What's the point? Spiritual blessings are way more valuable, way more important than physical blessings. Can you imagine if the guy was healed, but then he spent eternity in hell? Jesus came to him afterward, found him in the temple. He said, you've been healed. He said, go and sin no more, or something worse is going to happen to you. He said to a guy who had been paralyzed all of his life, something worse is going to happen to you. (laughs) What could that be? Spiritual blessings are way more valuable. They don't even compare to physical blessings. And here are some examples of why spiritual blessings are so needed. Sometimes, we don't feel accepted. We sometimes don't feel respected. Maybe... We don't feel wanted. But in Ephesians chapter 1, the Lord reveals that you are chosen. In fact, you were chosen before you were born. God chose you. He thought about you. He wanted you even before, if you're a little kid here, even before you were in your mother's tummy. God thought about you, and he chose you. Or, Here's another need why spiritual blessings are so important. Sometimes we feel like something's wrong with us. Feel like, I don't know, maybe I don't measure up. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not adequate. But God says when you have Jesus in your life, you're perfect. Think about that. He says, You're perfect, beloved. Ephesians 1 says it this way You are holy and blameless when Jesus is in your life. Wow, talk about the need for us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Sometimes we don't feel loved because we've been hurt. We've been hurt by someone, we've been disappointed. We might even feel like God doesn't love me. Maybe he'll do things for other people. I'm not sure I can believe that for me. Even though people do bad things, it doesn't change who God is. God is love. And God planned you before time began. From the beginning, his plan included bringing you into his family. Sometimes we feel guilty. But God has forgiven. God has redeemed. He paid the price of sacrificing his son to get you back. Sometimes we feel like we're lacking. Sometimes we feel as if there's no favor. But in Ephesians chapter 1, God reveals that he has lavished us with his grace. Lavished. Lavished us with undeserving favor. Sometimes we doubt if God is for me. We even doubt if his promises are really true. But the Bible says you were given a deposit to guarantee your inheritance because you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. If you have received Christ, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like a deposit. It's like a down payment or a guarantee giving you assurance that your inheritance is real. All of this, all of these things are your inheritance. I encourage you to read Ephesians chapter 1. It is rich. We need to remember something very important. Your inheritance is It doesn't open by itself. It's like your Christmas presents. They're there, they're for you, but you're not able, you cannot enjoy them unless you pick them up and you hold them and you shake them and you wonder what's inside here. And then you actually open it and unpack the gift. Did you ever have a gift that was hard to unwrap? (laughs) see some kids nodding their heads yes we were at uh, the leaders Christmas party last week and we had the white elephant gift exchange game and somebody did one of those gifts where you put a box within a box within a box within a box and each one of those was taped shut it was hard you couldn't rip it with your fingers I mean they had to get out a knife and start cutting in order to get these packages open I think somebody did that just for the fun of it. But when they got down to the inside, it was one of the best gifts. Sometimes accessing your inheritance will take a lot of work. You know, when Terry and I were younger, when we first got married, we lived in a tiny little apartment and probably just 500 square feet, I think. And uh, we started dreaming about one day having a home. We thought, you know what? We, we know that you have to have a deposit to put down with the bank in order to get a loan. We were just guessing how much of a deposit we would need. And so we started thinking long-term. you know this is probably a 10, 15-year savings plan in order to get to that point. But we were dreaming in our heart. And um, one day, I was in the apartment, and all of a sudden, I heard the Lord say to me very clearly, "It's not always this clear, but this is one of the few times it was so clear. God said, you're going to build this house sooner than you think. It was so clear to me, I instantly, without thinking about it, I yelled out to Terry, I said, hey, the Lord says we're going to build this house sooner than we think. And she said, yeah, right. (laughs) How's that going to happen? I go, I don't know. I'm just telling you what he said. But based on that word, we started going around to different banks just to get information. We finally got to Bank of Guam, and we found out something we didn't know. Bank of Guam was giving mortgages if you had a property that you could give for collateral. And all of a sudden, I remembered something. When we were little kids, my parents always told us they had bought some property for their retirement home. Uh, My dad was in the military. When he retired, they came back to Guam. They built their home. They had bought the land years before. They said, when you grow up, we'll give you a house lot so that you can build a house. And so I remembered that. And I went to my dad and I asked him. And he deeded a house lot to us. Uh, That's a picture of what your heavenly father can do for you. And as we began to explore this process of building a house, we were learning all kinds of new things. First time we'd ever done it. Just a young couple. Didn't even have any kids yet. And, uh, and we're going through the process. One of the things is you have to, you've got to find a contractor. It's like, okay, who do we know? I don't know any contractors. So we asked Terry's dad. And so there was a friend of a friend who knew Terry's dad. And as a result, he gave us a really good deal. Back in those days, construction costs were about, I don't know, $75 to $100 per square foot. But he built the house for $50 a square foot. And then... In the process, we found out that uh, in building a house, there's kind of a two-step process of constructing. Uh, First, you get a construction loan. Later, that gets replaced by the mortgage. Uh, but But while the house is being built, you're paying interest on the construction loan. But the contractor who built our house, he's this Korean guy, and he's a veteran. I mean, this guy could do it with his eyes closed. And he had a crew of veterans. And they worked from sunrise to sunset seven days a week, and they built that house. Normally, a, a, a normal-sized house takes about six months to complete. They finished the house in three months. What that meant is the interest that we paid on the construction loan was 50% of what we thought we would have to pay. That was amazing. So many little surprises as we were exploring and discovering the inheritance What's the point? Sometimes God allows you to have your inheritance by simply laying it out for you. But sometimes he invites you to participate in the discovery, and there is a process like building a house in which you have to go through steps in order to unpack your inheritance. It's there. It's for you. But like the Christmas presents under the tree, you have to go and get it and do whatever it takes to open it up and to use it. And sometimes learning to use it is another journey. Recently, Terry got a laptop. She's so happy with her new laptop. But do you know how much it takes to figure out how to program all the email accounts? To figure out a new system, because she went from Mac to Windows, if you can believe it. And then trying to download her contacts from the iCloud and convert them to Windows and import them into Outlook. I mean, all of that, we're still trying to figure that out. All of that is a process. And sometimes you get this amazing gift. You know, this is just your typical manila envelope. And if I handed it to you, what would you commonly expect to be inside a manila envelope? yeah paper usually paper it's just a container to hold it while you deliver some papers maybe important papers but what if i hand this to you and you're like whoa this is heavy this is substantial and then you you pull this out and lo and behold wow check that out the latest macbook pro thank you pastor <laughs> Would you expect that in a manila envelope? (laughs) No, normally it'd be under the tree and nice gift wrapping paper and there's a nice box that's got styrofoam packing and you open it up and the plastic's still around it. There's an Apple logo on the outside. You're like, whoa, I don't believe it, really? But a manila envelope? You wouldn't expect that. You know, the Bible says that of all the things That we have inherited in our in our spiritual inheritance. One of them is that you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And Paul describes it this way He says, We have this treasure in jars of clay. Jars of clay is a a symbolic reference to our bodies. The Bible says that we were formed out of the dust of the ground. Add a little moisture, you got some clay. But he says, we have this amazing, invaluable treasure in jars of clay. And, you know, if you see a manila, manila, a manila envelope, you wouldn't think much about it. Okay, maybe there's some paper in there. And sometimes, I mean, just look around at your neighbor for a moment. Sometimes we look at ordinary, normal people. And... Uh, And sometimes even ourselves. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we may not think too highly of ourselves. But God says, you have this amazing treasure that dwells within you. Amazing treasure. Christmas is God's gift of himself to you. Christmas is God's gift of Himself to you. Now, most of you have already received the gift of the Holy Spirit. He is the greatest gift of all. We celebrate Him. I just love the worship this morning. That's what it was all about. Elmore, thank you. And the worship team. But you know what? Life is interesting, God's kingdom is interesting. Have you ever noticed, even after a mountaintop experience with God, even after a life-changing experience, have you ever noticed how after a while, it feels normal? It seems to lose the newness. Have you ever noticed how, even after your life has changed, how this new way of living feels normal? It's like, where did the wow factor go? Yes, I'm happy, I'm not living my old life the way I used to do, not perfect, but God has changed me, I'm progressing, I'm making progress, I'm moving in a new direction. But where is the excitement that I used to have? God designed life in such a way that you cannot live off of yesterday's experience. He wants us to live in the present He wants us to live in His presence and be fulfilled in Him moment by moment. He doesn't want you to be satisfied with that one experience you had that one time in that one situation a long time ago. There's so much more to who He is. As we celebrate Christmas, as we open our gifts, Let the gifts be a reminder that you have an amazing inheritance. Turn to your neighbor and say, inherit. 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 Hope has come because you have an inheritance. Yeah, Merry Christmas, church. But where do we go from here? You have an amazing inheritance What do we do with that? I think a good example to illustrate is Job. Job was the richest man in all the region. And in one day, he lost everything he had. And he was tempted to doubt and to question, even to get angry at God. Some people even suggested that he do that. But in the end, after all that suffering, Job said, I came onto the earth with nothing. I will leave with nothing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God is demonstrating something. The enemy came into God's presence and God said to him, Have you considered my servant Job? And the enemy said, Well, of course. He, he serves you. Of course, he worships you. Look, you've made him the richest one in all the region. You've given him everything. He's questioning, he was questioning Job's motivation. Is Job doing that just because of what you've given him? Or is Job doing that because of who you are, God? And the Lord says, okay, you can test him. And in the end, Job passes the test. Amazing testimony that would speak for generations to billions of people. You know the amazing, the beautiful thing is that after Job passed the test, the Bible says that God doubled everything that he had. All of his riches were twice as much as he had before. Even Job had ten kids that he lost. In his latter years, he had another 10 kids. The Bible says that the daughters of Job were more beautiful than any other women in all the region. Church, I want to encourage you that when you pass the test, there is a tremendous reward. There is a tremendous inheritance waiting for you on the other side. In fact, God is going to increase what you're experiencing now to match the amazing glory of his grace and his generosity. And your latter years will not only be better, your latter years will be more beautiful than the previous. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for this wonderful gift of yourself through the Holy Spirit. To be contained in us. Lord, this is too good to be true. Only by your grace, only by your great love, Lord, can we receive with thankfulness, with grateful hearts, and be blessed just want to encourage you this morning as we're praying to take a moment of really being alone with God, just pressing into him, just through the eyes of your heart, if you would turn your attention toward God and connect with him, just be still as the music is playing. And if you would simply, by faith, regardless of what's happened in the past, What beliefs or attitudes have developed, say, God, I want to trust you. I want to experience you, your presence, your goodness. If you would simply allow yourself to have an openness, there is a tremendous gift that is new day by day for you to enjoy, to explore. It's life-giving. He is life-giving. And he will satisfy the deep longing inside. And so if you would, just take some time to be alone with God and just receive the fullness of all that he has for you. you see those here who are open? And Lord, as they trust, as they ask, as they desire you, God I ask that you would reveal your presence in a way that's real and personal, undeniable. And that you would satisfy that longing, Lord, to belong, to be loved, to be at rest, to enjoy life as you intended it to be. Lord, I ask for every person who's acting in faith right now that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. And that you would allow them to experience your love and joy and peace. Lord, in the midst of all the busyness and all the demands of this season, I pray that they would enter into that peace and that rest of abiding in you. And that you would allow us to experience the true meaning of Christmas. if you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'd like to address another group of people who may be here today. As you're listening to me talk about experiencing God, that's something that you've been thinking about recently. You're wanting to experience him also. But if you've never made a formal choice to open up to him, if you've never made a conscious decision to say, yes, God, I want to experience you, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that today. The most important thing is simply making the choice. Because God knows everything, he sees our heart. And if that describes you, I want to give you an opportunity to express your choice, your desire, by simply praying. And the way that'll work is I'll pray out loud, and you can just follow along in your heart, God will hear you. And so, if that describes you, we'll pray in a moment. But before we do, I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And so, if that's something you'd like to do, um, I have a signal for who I'm going to pray with. And that is, if you would simply look up, then I'll know. When my eyes meet yours, I'll know that we're going to pray together. And so, if that's you, then go ahead and look up at this time, and we'll pray together in a moment. Right here. Okay, very good. And there. Anybody else? right here? Okay. All right. Anybody else? And here? Okay. Anybody else? Right here? Okay. Gotcha. And in the back, I see you there. And right here. And here. Oh, together. That's very good. And there. And there. Okay, I see you. Oh, and the two little kids. Let's pray. God, I'm here today and I'm opening up to you. I want to experience you. and So I'm making a decision. I'm saying, yes, uh, would you come into my life? Lord, would you reveal yourself to me? And I ask you to forgive me for the things I've done. Lord, things I'm not proud of. Things that have been hurtful and I ask you to forgive me. I thank you for Jesus coming here onto the earth and providing for me, taking my place and forgiving me. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your spirit of forgiveness, your spirit of love. And if you're praying this prayer right now, I want you to take a moment just trusting God to say, God, come into my life, I receive you. And let him come in and be with you. This is the moment that he's been waiting for. This is what you were created for, to experience him, to have a personal relationship with him. And so let him come in. This is a relationship that will never end. This is the most important thing you will ever do. It determines your eternal destiny. And so let him come in. Father, I thank you throughout this auditorium, all those who are praying right now, that you are faithful and you are loving to respond and to enter in so they can experience you. God, I thank you for coming into my life and I ask you to reveal yourself to me, to reveal your ways to me. Lord, give me a new start. The way life has been going hasn't been hasn't been good and all by myself. But Lord, I ask that you would teach me your way and give me a brand new beginning. And allow me to become the person that you designed me to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give a hand to all those who just prayed that prayer.